You're listening to a podcast from New Life Church in Fort Smith, Arkansas. To learn more about New Life, find us online at newlifechurch.tv or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at NLC Fort Smith. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Good. Happy New Year. Turn to somebody and tell them Happy New Year. Man, we're already at the fifth. Who has already broken a, a resolution? Let's just see. There's my people. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you, I hear everybody's like, I don't believe in resolutions anymore. Well, you, I'm going to give you a couple today. So uh, today, uh, uh, all of you new lifers, every year we start the year off with a fast. And today, uh, we're going to start a fast. And it's going to be one week. Sometimes we do 21 days. Uh, some of us do 21 minutes. But we're going to do, we're going to do a one week uh, from lunch today uh, until next weekend in, in our, both our services will take communion to break the fast. And I want you, if you uh, pull out some notes so you can write it down, I want you to figure out something you're going to fast with food and drink. Uh, for a fast to be biblical, it needs to have food in it. Almost every fast in the Bible had to do around food. Uh, uh, around food and drink, and then, uh, so to be biblical, it needs to, to be that, to be relevant, uh, figure out some sort of media that you're going to push away. And when, when you're fasting, you are creating, listen to me, you're creating a physical or emotional craving, so, and then, so what happens is, you're like, I want to have a Popeye sandwich so bad, right? And so you're fast because you're fasting food, then everything, how many of y'all, when you miss a meal, everything looks good? You're just like, I'd eat broccoli right now. All right, that's me, right? And so you take that physical craving or that craving for Netflix and you go, but more than that, my spirit needs more of God. My soul needs more of God. So I'm pushing away some things like media and some things like food so that I can get closer to God. And so we're going to do that for one week this year. This is what I believe, that whatever you give God the first of, He blesses the rest of. So you give God the first part of your finances, He'll bless the rest of it. You give God the first part of your day, He'll bless the rest of your day. We're going to give God the first part of the year and because we're believing God's going to bless this year like never before in your life. How many of y'all want some of that? Say Amen. Amen. And so for, for a year to be great, we say this every year, it needs to be a great year spiritually for you. Now, I love it. I love the first part of the year because when we hit January 1, it just feels like I can hit the reset button. It's just like I, I can hit reset. It's like a fresh start. And, and God set up life this way. God doesn't give you life all at one time. He gives you life in days, weeks, months, and years. So if you have a bad day, guess what? You're going to go to sleep and get a, wake up. You get a what? You get a brand new day. You have a bad month. February's coming. You, you get, if you had 2019 there were some struggles and pains and frustrations, you don't have to take that through this year. You have a brand new year for a fresh start with God. Amen? So there's something that's just been sort of baking inside of my soul. And there's some things while you are praying and fasting this, this week. I'm going to give you some direction of a few things that I want you asking God. And listen to me, uh, those of you that want a great year, I want you asking the Lord while I speak this. Because I'm going to talk about three things, and I'm going to hit the three things that are closest to me. But while I'm speaking, you're going, the Holy Spirit's going to create an idea, and you're going to go, this is what I need to do here. And this, this is the title of this message, is I want you to get a grip. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to get a grip. If they're female, say, get a grip, girl. If they're, if they're male, say, bro, you got to get a grip. Something's wrong. There, 
there, there are three areas, y'all, y'all look at me. There are some things that you need to grip tightly in life. You need to have a grip on it. Like you need to just say, I'm holding on to this and I'm not letting go. When you start seeing families fall apart, you know what's happened is the grip has gotten too loose. And some of them just completely let go. While you're on the fast, I want you praying, God, what do I need to be holding on tightly to that I'm not holding on strong enough right now? There's some things you need to hold tight, but I'm going to tell you something. Here's the wisdom of life. There are some things that you need to hold with an open hand. You hold them loose. Because there are some things, if you hold on to them tightly, (laughs) it's going to create stress and anxiety and pressure in your life. It's going to affect your attitude. You're going to deal with panic attacks because you're holding on to the things of this world too tightly. God said, I want you to hold this loose. There's some things that God goes, I want you to let this go and never pick it back up again. So we're going to talk about those three things because in sports it's this way too. Any sport you play, whatever you pick up, first of all, it's all about the grip first. If it's about a baseball, it's about a grip if you're pitching. If it's a tennis racket, it's, it's all about the grip, especially when you're hitting the backhand. If it's a golf club, I don't play much golf, you know. I, I, I just, I tell you, I just, I, I drift from God when I play golf. I don't know what it is. It's just, it gets me. It, it really is all about a grip if you're playing golf, you know. In your walk with the Lord, it is about how you are holding on to the things of this world. Is it... God says, there are some things I want to be tight, things I want to be loose, things I want you to let go totally. Hebrews, when the writer of Hebrews got to chapter 12, he was telling them how he wanted to hold on to 11 chapters of his teaching. And this is what he says. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12, he says, So take a new grip with your tired hands. Some of you, you just need to get this right here in your spirit. Like some of you, this is kind of prophetic for you. Let's read that together. You ready? So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. This is, if if this is in your notes, I want you to put this down. He's creating the image of a runner who's out of gas. And his hands is like this, and they've slumped down, and his knees are sagging, and he's just about to give up. And he's like, I want you to get the grip going. I want you to get your legs going. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. He goes, take a new grip with your tired hands. There's some things I want you to hold on to. Now, we don't do this much around here. I've done it some. Some of our MC pastors have done it some. But I grew up in churches that did this all the time. Is that right there in the middle after worship, they'd say, everybody hold hands. And, then, and so then you just take the hand of the person standing next to you. So you'd take their hand. And then if, if the Lord was really moving, we'd, they'd go, even the aisles. Just hold hands across the aisle. And it, it'd just create this sense of unity and togetherness. And we're just one family. And it's all good unless you're holding somebody's hand in a sweaty hand. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's that sweaty hand. And any time I've ever held somebody's hand it's sweaty, I'm like, man, they got a lot of sin in their life. You know, it's just a, it's a sweaty hand. You're just like, oh, God, this is weird. You know, and then you can't even think about what he's praying about. But what's worse than a sweaty hand is somebody who grips your hand too hard. And now, let's just stop. Have y'all ever just shake, shake somebody's hand in the foyer and it, it, they're like a farmer or they're like a mechanic? 
and they just shake your hand, and it almost breaks it, you know? And I'm just like, oh. And they're like, how you doing, Pastor Marcus? I'm like, I'm great, you know? It's just like, it's that man hand. Like, and if you're ever praying and somebody's got that grip, you're just praying for the rapture, you know? It's just like, take us now, God. It's just like, it's, it's that sort of hand. He says, there are some things I want you to grip tightly to. Over, over the holidays, and my, it didn't happen in this mall, but it was several of them in Texas. I was trying to find a mall that I could take my family to so we could, we could try. But this guy, these guys that own gyms, they just took a bar that you would see in a gym, just a hanging bar, set it up in a little spot in the mall, rented out a space, and this is all they did. They said, I bet you can't hold, hang on that bar for 90 seconds. And then people were just like, I can hang on there for 90 seconds. And they say, you give me $10 and I'll let you try. And if you hold on for 90 seconds, I'll give you $100. And I was thinking, you got to be kidding me. I, I wasn't going to try it myself. I was going to have my son do it because he only weighs about 60 pounds. And so and we asked this one guy. He was sitting there and said, uh, how, how many people uh, have done this? And he said, today, 418. How many people held on for 90 seconds? He said, zero. So you know me, I'm doing the math. I'm like, you made $4,000 off this stupid bar? Who in here thinks they could do it? Let's just say, <laughs> nobody. All right, who thinks you could do it after the fast? There we go, all right, there we go. Just a few CrossFit people were like, I got that. I'll hold it for three minutes. There we go. It's just like, and, and this is what he said. He said, most people just can't hang on. And I, I think about this in life. If you're going to make it in life, there's some seasons that you're just going to just gonna have to strengthen your grip and go, I'm hanging on to this marriage. I'm hanging on to the promises of God. I'm hanging over, on to some dreams that he's put in my heart. And I'm not going to let go no matter what's going on around me. I'm not letting go. What are some things that you need to just say, this is what I'm going to hold tightly Okay, let me give you a few things. This is what I want you to get a strong grip on. And when you get that nudge of the Holy Spirit, you write your own one. Some of you need to write down your marriage. I need to have a stronger grip around my family. I want you, here's something I want you to have a grip on. is your quiet time with God. Some of us held that too loosely in 2019. And if there's something that God's impressed me, He's just like... I want my people, I want to spend time with them. And I want you praying, God, help me with this. Help me to have a strong grip. I'm talking about every, here, here's my vision, okay? All of you that call New Life Church home, I want you to have a quiet time with God every single day this year. Every single day. And you say, some of you look at 365 and go, I can't do that. But you can do today. And you can wake up tomorrow and do tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you this, if you'll do it 57 days in a row, it becomes a ritual in your life. You'll just wake up and do it. And there are some times, listen, when you do this enough, and people that have a daily quiet time with God, there's times the Holy Spirit just wake you up, and you're up, and you're ready to go. Your soul is ready to feed. She's like, I want you to have a quiet time with God every day. And these three areas, a time in prayer, that's when you're talking to God. I'm just going, some people go, I'm just not good at praying. Let it start in that quiet time. Just because this is a relationship. Relationships are either doing one thing. They're getting bigger or they're getting smaller. They're growing or they're evaporating. So if I go a day or two without talking to Brooke, it's just like, oh, man, we, we're just like strangers. 
We get into a busy season and we're doing candlelight and we're running here and there and doing everything. And we get done with candlelight, we're driving to Texas. I'm like, hey, my name's Marcus. What's your name? Brooke. Don't spell it with an E. I was like, yeah, I forgot. You know, just, it's just like we, we've got to reconnect. But imagine if I went a month or imagine if I went three months, the relationship begins to just evaporate. So that time in prayer is me just, I'm just going to talk to God. Just going to wake up. I'm going to share. Listen, this, uh, this doesn't have to be but five minutes. Just start somewhere. I'm going to talk to you about the things that are on the top shelf of my heart. Here's the next one. It's time in worship. And this is what I mean because some people are like, well, my whole life's a worship to God. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you singing. Put on some worship music and sing to it. You know, even some of you sing offbeat. I don't care. I'm back in the back. I'm listening to you. Just like, just sing and make melody to the Lord. How, Marcus, how, when I worship, this is what I'm going to tell you, you sing until joy hits your heart. That's when you sing. You sing until you just feel like, well, I'm getting some happy all over me right now. You sing until, because all of a sudden it begins to change your entire day, I'm just singing. How many of y'all grew up in a church and y'all sang, y'all sang this old song? I've got the joy, 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 joy. How many of y'all raise your hand? I got, oh, so you know what to say. All right, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. <laughs> down in my heart. Down in my heart. Okay, so <laughs> all the young people are like, right, do you have any idea what we're doing right now, Nick? No? Okay, there we go. I just love, uh, <laughs> I love, I got <laughs> They wrote that song because the, the joy was in their heart, not on their face. So you pray. I got the joy, 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 joy. It's just it's way down in my heart, so shut up. It's just, that's how it is, all right? You pray until joy begins to change your outlook for you. You, you worship till it changes the outlook of your day. Somebody say amen. I worship. Here's a reason. Here's a theological reason that I worship is because God fired Satan from the job and he created you to take his place. Satan got fired. He hired you. So what kind of job are you going to do when it comes to worship? Amen? And then I start my day in the Word. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to worship. And I'm going to get the Word inside. And I'm going to tell you this. For me, let me tell you the benefits that happens when I get into the Word. It gives me confidence in my day. It just feels like I got my feet under me. It just and, and even when my day goes crazy, I can at least play the Bible through, the, through my car. I mean, we did that this morning. Me and Austin were driving here. We put the daily Bible on. By the time I got from my house to the church, we had listened to the whole day's Bible reading. I said, today may be good, crazy, but I'm going to get some word inside of me. It's like I get my legs under me. I'm going to tell you this. It changes my outlook for the whole day. I, see, I begin to see the day through an eternal perspective. Problems that happen, it also gives me food to give away. Every time I'm in the Word, on a daily basis, listen to me. Every time I'm in the Word, I will bump into somebody else that needs what I read that day. And God will take that and He will use it. It puts me into attack mode for the day. Now, for at least the last 12 years, I have started out every year doing the one-year Bible. Do y'all want to know how many times in 12 years I've never missed one day? How many times? I have never done it once. <laughs> y'all can be disappointed and send an email later. I'm going to just take it. This is as quiet as a guy. <laughs> They're like, we're finding another church. That's what we're going to hold on to. All right? But you know what I don't do is I don't quit. 
And then when I learn what not to do, I don't try to catch up. One day I was like, one time I was like 16 days behind. I'm like, I'm going to catch up. And I did 16 days in one day. And then the next day I was like, I'm so tired of the Bible. I didn't read the Bible five more days. So this is what you do. That's <laughs> just me being real. All right. You get behind, you recommit, and you start that day. And you go, I'm getting back into the game today. One, one of the most powerful passages in the teaching of Jesus is John chapter 15. When he talks about the vine and the branches. And he says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and, and I in you, you will bear. How many of you want, this is what you want from your life. This is the reason why you're writing down goals. You're going, I want my life to be more fruitful in this domain, this area of my life. And he's going, you got you to gotta know this. I'm the vine, I'm the source. Watch what he says. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me just tell you, apart from him, everything you do is going to have a match put to it at the judgment seat. Apart from him. Doesn't, doesn't matter. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do, remain, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away. And what does it do? It withers. I'm going to tell you this. This has happened to me in my life where things began to wither. Three days, five days, I haven't been in the Word. And I'm going to tell you something. It changes the way I lead. changes the way I pastor. changes the way I love my wife. changes the way I parent my kids. There is something withering on the inside of me. It's thrown away. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Verse 7. If you remain in me. Everybody say that phrase with me. Remain in me. And my words do what? Remain in you. Now, if this is a premise and he's going to give you a promise. He says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Nothing affects your prayer life like being in the word, being around Jesus. You want to know why? When you're around Jesus, you're around the word, you begin to pray the will of God. And, then, and let me tell you this. Why should God listen to you when you're not listening to him? <laughs> there we go. All right. He says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be what? To be my disciples. Remain in me. And New King James, it's this word abide. Everybody say abide. This is what the, the Greek word means. Okay. Y'all ready? It means to, write this down, to stay around. That's what it means. Y'all had Christmas. Y'all had, y'all had that family that just stayed a long time. What are they doing? They just abiding. Well, it's, it's about four o'clock. It's time for you to leave. Right? What are they doing? They remain. This is what happens. Listen to me. You don't need to, you don't need to be an a absent. Well, let me just say you don't need to be. You can't be an absentee disciple. You got to stay around the things of God. It actually proves that something really real of the work of salvation has happened in your life. It's just like, I'm just going to stay around Jesus. If he says my name, I'm going to say present. You know, here, Margaret, here, present and accounted for. I'm here. I'm around the Word. I'm around the, His presence. I'm around His worship. I'm around. We're talking. We're communicating. Somebody say amen. 
On September 4th, 1987, you can look this story up. It's a guy named Henry Dempsey. He was flying a plane. He had a co-pilot. They were in a little Cessna. They were flying from Portland, Maine, down to Boston. And so they, they got up in the air, and they started hearing a noise in the back of the plane. So Henry turned to the co-pilot and said, I'm going to go check, uh, check that noise. So he starts moving back, and what happened is they had a door in the back of the plane that they did not uh, shut and latch down properly, and that's what was making the noise. But when he got towards the back of the plane, the plane hit an air pocket. It, it moved. The turbulence hit, and he moved to the, to the left, and he went across the plane and fell into the door that was unlocked and fell out of the plane. The, the co-pilot... He, he immediately radioed. He said, we're going to need help. He's trying to give coordinates where they were at. We're going to need a search party. They were over uh, the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean there. And, so, and then the, the co-pilot, he just dove down. He landed at the nearest place that he could land. When emergency workers got there, I mean, he is just so distraught, so upset. They got out of their vehicle, and this is how they described it. We got out of our vehicle and noticed that Henry Dempsey was holding on to a bar on the belly of the plane. He fell out of the plane and grabbed a bar, and at 200 miles an hour, <laughs> at 4,000 feet, they went through more turbulence. They went through a hard landing. His body went through shock, and when they went up to him, they said, you can let go. He physically couldn't let go because he went through, through shock. It took them 10 minutes to pry his fingers from that bar. Praise God. That's how I want you to hold on to this quiet time is you go through all the turbulence that may happen in my life, okay? Even the boredom that may be happening in the mornings. Through all of it, I'm not letting go of this. Somebody say amen. Here's, and then um, I want to move to this one. These are the things that you need to hold loosely. Let me give you a couple of them. There, there are some things that you got a death grip on that have a death date to them anyways. The first one will be your possessions. You need to hold those with an open hand. Hold them with an open hand. So there, is, there are some things just in life that you don't need to hold, you don't need to grip tightly at all. Let me tell you what one of them is. It's in everybody's house, hopefully, in this room. It's toothpaste. All right? There are two types of people. There are people who grab their toothpaste like they're a born-again believer. And then there are people who grab toothpaste like a psychopath. Now let me show you a picture of what this looks like. All right? That's, who in here you got a tube of toothpaste that looks like this in your house? Raise your hand. Point at them. This, this is anger, right? This is, it, nothing drives me crazy. I just, I really, I just want to help that tube of toothpaste. I want to straighten it out and smooth out the wrinkles. And, and then, hey, this is how God wants you to use toothpaste. It's just gently. And then at the very bottom, you just roll it up real nice, right? Who does this? Roll it. Praise God for you guys, right? And then you get to the, all of it, and then you gently just throw it away. You don't grip it like you're demon-possessed. You just, okay? There, <laughs> there, there are some things in your life you need to hold it, hold it with an open hand, or listen, it'll, it'll ruin your own spirit. Possessions are one, one thing. Those are the things that are passing away. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 11. It says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed himself. 
You got to just look at this like, God, you've brought this in my life, and it can flow through my life. Like, even everything I have is not for me. When the, chi- when the children of Israel were in the desert, God says, I'm going to be your provider. And he gave them a name. My name is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And every morning he would send manna would come from heaven and it would feed them for the day. But what did God say? He said, only get what you need for this day, right? Isn't that what he told them? But they're just like us. They didn't trust that God was always going to be Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. So what did they do? They started hoarding stuff up. Okay, Don't judge them because you got this going on in your garage right now. Right? So he's like, they started hoarding up. And what happened, what happened? What happened to all that stuff? It turned to maggots. It had a foul stench to it. It stunk up the whole place. Because they needed to hold all this with an open hand and not a closed hand. And you got to go, God, with all of my possessions, it's yours. It's a blessing you brought. Whether I make 25000 more this year or whatever, God, this is yours. If you want me to give it, I'll give it. You want me to sow it, I'll sow it. You want me to keep it, I'll keep it. You want me to invest it or save it, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to hold this with an open hand because this, what's in my hand, is not my provider. You are my provider, God. Amen? Let me tell you something that this, this year that needs to be a, a, a personal conviction. I'm going to ask everybody to do this when you're praying. Your personal p- opinions need to be an open hand. Paul, Paul taught the Romans this, taught them a ton of theology, and, th- and this is what they said. He said this, as for the one who is weak in faith, these are just people who are babies, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. He's like, I don't want you getting into arguments all the time. I don't want you being offensive all the time. I know people who are going to be right and they're, all, and they're also going to be alone. They're going to have a perfect set of opinions, and they're also going to have zero kingdom influence. And they're also going to say, the reason that nobody wants to listen to me is because I'm right, and they don't want to be right. Y'all know people like this. That's how it's going to be. And I'm going to tell you, and this year, I want y'all to write this down. You're going to have to have this with politics. This is going to be a bloodbath of a year when it comes to politics. Write it down. It's going to be controversial. And I want everybody to listen to what I say. There is no bigger idol in the American church right now than politics. Because people can tell you more about what our our president says than they can tell you about what Jesus spoke to them that day. They know what he says about Twitter, and they're on one side of it or the other side of it. We are believers, and you need to carry the spirit that Jesus carried. When he stood there before Pilate, he said, My kingdom is not of this earth. Amen? And some of y'all, uh, y'all, y'all believe that all politics is going to change the world. This, hey, this country's been going for a long time with some bad people running it, okay? We've had good people, bad people running it. I'm going to tell you who's got his hand on this country is God. Amen? And so when we, when we start getting around the summer and we start getting... And let me tell you something. This will also create frustration in you. The more you're listening to this, the more it's going to change your attitude. It's going to change your anxiety because you can't do nothing about it except vote one time. Figure out who you're going to vote for and go do it. And quit ranting about it all the time. Praise the Lord. I've muted a bunch of you on Facebook already. Amen. <laughs> See, y'all think I'm kidding. All right. I told Brooke one day, I said, babe, <laughs> one day I'm going to go on stage drinking a Starbucks coffee. Wearing Nike outfit that I bought at Target. <laughs> then instead of praying for a church, we're going to pray for Colin Kaepernick. That's who we're going to pray for. 
And if that don't offend them, I'm going to put on a MAGA hat and preach in a MAGA hat. Praise God. <laughs> I was going to do it, but then one of the ushers would have tased me. I know it for sure. Amen. Here's another one. I want you to write this down. Non-essential theological opinions. There are essentials that have to do with heaven and hell. There are essentials. Essentials. Like the Bible is the word of God. You believe that? I believe God. We're going to have unity around it. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Praise God. I believe that. He alone paid for our, uh, became a sacrifice for my sins. How many of y'all believe that? I believe that. Right? I believe it. I need to, be, I need to repent. And be born again. We're going to have some... Those are some essential things. There's also some non-essential things that the church has been arguing about for a long time. Okay? I'm not going to die on that hill. I don't have to see eye to eye with you on everything to walk arm in arm with you on everything. Amen? We can say, I got unity around some essential things, and we're going to walk in love. And when it comes to my opinion, let me tell you, here, here's a filter, okay? I'm getting better at this, but y'all know I, I, I'm a smart aleck, so I don't do this all the time. I'm put these five up here. I want you to know. When you get your opinion, would Jesus die on this hill? That's the first thing I ask myself. Would Jesus die on this hill? Is this something that he would take a beating over? Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's No. Is it worth giving up kingdom influence over? Every time you post your opinion, your argument about, I don't care what it is, you lose the ability to influence somebody for Jesus. So you got to go, is it worth cashing in or not cashing in? If it's not worth it, I'm going to bite my tongue. How will this affect my family? I have said smart aleck things, listen to me, that went viral Okay, because of where I was speaking at and their video in it and it, all this stuff. And it came back and to hurt my kid, put my kids in a weird situation. It put Brooke in a weird situation. So I go, you know what, when it just comes to this stuff, how is this going to affect my family? Does, okay, now this is a big one. Does this make someone else feel, feel small? Does this make them, is this going to make them feel like they're uneducated? Because if it does that, let me tell you this, that's the spirit of a Pharisee. He's getting quiet. Is this love? I say, is this really love? This is a filter. I go through my Is this really love? Because I found this out. I, this, a lot of times, this is just my personality. I'm an Enneagram 8. I like to control everything. I like to be right. I'll prove you're wrong. I'm so smart. Right? But a lot of times I go, this ain't love. This ain't love. This ain't me defending Jesus. This is just my personality type. Also, it's just my lack of emotional maturity. That's tough, isn't it? Is this really love when it comes to opinion? Hold those things loosely. And let me tell you the last thing is this. Is the things that you need to let go of completely. I got two things I want to say. Let me say one of them quick. There's some things that you have to let go of. So I'll give you the two major ones. I wrote several of them down. The first one is regrets. you got to get that going right now. When, when Brooke was diagnosed with cancer, the big thing you have in your, in your mind is you don't want it to metastasize and go from one place to your body to another. But I'm going to tell you this. Regrets is a cancer that will move 
from a, something in your emotions, listen to me, to your vision. I want you to write this down. Regrets, if you don't deal with them, will turn into cynicism. And I want you to write that down. That means when you have regrets over mistakes that you have made in 2018, 2019, uh, goals that you didn't achieve, you know all the things that you came up short in, you know all of that, listen to me, when, it, when it's cynicism, then you have a lack of faith that this year will be different than last year. And you know you're cynical when you can't look at the future. Like the Proverbs 31 woman, she looks at the future. What does she do? She smiles. You know something's wrong when you look at the future and you go, yeah, it'll probably be the same. Marriage will be the same. Kids will be the same. Might get worse. I don't know. It's cynicism, and you got to deal with that. You, you've, you're going to have to take authority over that. And let me tell you how this has changed. This is going to change. You want to know why it's going to change? Because you're going to spend some time with Jesus every day this year. Amen? And, and listen to You're not having to create this future for yourself. You have one that's going to lead you into it. Amen? And he's the one that makes all things new. Let, let's say that together. One, two, three. He makes all things new. He is the biggest change agent ever. He takes water. He turns it into wine. Everybody say amen. He takes Long's John Silver uh, lunch and turns it into a feast. Amen. He takes dead things and he makes them live again. Amen. You get around him, you can dream again. You can believe again. You can go for it again. You can start again. Amen? Yes, yeah, so I got some regrets. And all through this fast, you got to go, man, I got some regrets. I got some disappointments. And God, it has been changing the way I believe about the rest of my life. I'm going to let those go. I've been holding on to them more than I've been holding on to you. I'm dropping them right now. Here's the second thing. I want you to let go of habits that are pulling you down. Habits. Let me give you, let me meddle a little bit and slap a few things, okay? These are habits. These are things that I want you, if, if you got this in your life, I want you to set this to the side this, this week. Five, five areas, they all affect your finances. Alcohol, pills, food, pornography, gambling. Those five things. <laughs> Hopefully. You got quiet real fast. It, Proverbs 31, when Solomon was talking about alcohol. He was talking about an excess of alcohol. And he says, kings don't have this kind of craving. He said, kings don't do this, lest they forget. Everybody say forget. How many of y'all ever drank so much you forgot what happened the night before? Raise your hand. Oh, Baptist people just puckered up. All right, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the you Methodist guys. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he says, you, you, forget, you forget the word. You, you start to sin, you can't lead, and you hurt the ones you love. That's the things that he talks about. And there it's, hey, listen to me. There's an, there's an excess of things in your life that will pull your life down that you need to, during the fast, go, I'm going to crucify this. When, uh, in Genesis, when God was warning Cain, this is what he said. This is so powerful. He says, Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But watch what he says. But if you do not do what is right, let's read this together. One, two, three. Sin is crouching at your door. What, what is sin doing? Sin is ready to pounce. 
and it's about to destroy what God really wanted you to do with your life. And it's getting ready to sink its talons in you. It desires to do what? To have you. People say, well, why do you preach on sin? Because sin wants to control you. You have something out on this, this outside of your life, controlling your life. It wants to have you. Jesus said this, anyone who sins is a what to sin? Is a slave to sin. He says, it wants to have you, but you must rule over it. You've got to subdue it. You've got to say, this is not going to be the rest of me, the rest of my life. Y'all stay on your feet. He said, the responsibility is you've got to do something about it. Listen to me. I want everybody listen to me for a second. Around the 1st of December, I was praying. I wrote some things down about, about you. And I, I want to just speak some things over you. There, there, for most of you in here, there are gears that God has for you to hit that you have not hit yet. Some of you are looking at the season of your life and you think, uh, you think, man, I mean, I'm, the sun's setting on my life. What else am I going to do? As long as you've got breath, God's got a purpose. Amen? There are strides that you haven't taken with God yet. There are th Listen to me. There are a bunch of you in here. There are things that God has put inside of you you haven't even discovered yet. And when I say I want to get rid of some habits, is because when bad habits pull you down, they throw dirt on the things that God's put inside of you. And I want you to be able to imagine yourself being totally free this year. I've subdued. I'm walking. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And when we went down to um, Brooks' family in Texas, and one day I got up and I was, I was jogging. I don't know why I was doing that. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, towards the end, I was, was going to make it five times around the track, and I hadn't jogged so long. It was just hurting. But it's, so many times, my, I'm just filled, my mind is filled with so many thoughts. But it just got to this place where I had clarity, and the Lord dropped something into my spirit. It, it was the story of Jesus. Uh, setting the demoniac free. I wasn't even thinking about this stuff, freedom or anything like this. And I'm sitting there jogging, and all of a sudden I had music going on, this story just starts flooding my mind. So I turned music off, I took the headphones off, and just the Lord just spoke to my heart, and He was like, man tried to deliver him by putting chains on him, and he broke every one of them. Some of us think, the way that I'm going to get something out of my life is just to sur surround parameters around everything. I'm going to have an accountability partner that's going to text me. And some of that stuff is good, and you may need to do some of that stuff, but it didn't help that demoniac. He broke every accountability chain that they put on him, and he found out how to run the way he wanted to run. But his freedom didn't come through his accountability. His freedom came in the proximity he was to Jesus. He got so close to Jesus that his deliverance came. Amen? And you can write down and go, I know this. As soon as I say I have it breaking you down, every single one of you know, whether you're watching too much of this or whatever it is in your life, you know, you know what that is. And then the next thing you go, you think in your mind is, I'm going to break this through the natural means, and that will never happen. It will, it will happen until you run out of will, willpower. You know how it happens is you go, I'm using this fat. I'm getting close to Jesus, and I'm never stopping. 
When it's worship time, I'm all in. When it's word time, I'm all in. And the closer you get to God, and all of a sudden you're going to go, I don't know when it was. I don't even need that anymore. I don't know what happened, but I don't even think about doing that anymore. Just freedom came out. I want to pray that. We're going to dedicate this year to the Lord. And I'm going to pray for some freedom over you. Hold your hands out like this. And let's just, me and Brooke are going to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we dedicate this year to you. This is your year that you've given to us. We, we, got, a, we, we got a lot of stuff to do. We got a lot of people to love. I pray that I will steward this year better than I have any other year of my life because it is a gift you have given to me. I don't even know how many more of these I got left in my life, but this one, I'm going to make the most of it. This very year, I want to hear you say, well done, you did it, you're doing great, you're doing it. So Father, I pray for every person in this room that's dealing with a spirit, just a cynical spirit about their own life. If you're dealing with that, would you raise your hand and hold it up? You're just like, I'm just dealing with that. Is the job going to get any better? Is family going to get any better? I just can't imagine. I'm having a hard time believing. I see it. Hallelujah. God, our faith is not in what we can make of it. Our faith is in you leading us to where you want us to go. So I just pray that this year, God, you will order our steps. Let's walk in the Spirit. And everywhere we go, we are being led by you in the name of Jesus name of Jesus. Who in here has a habit that needs to be broken? You just want to be personal, honest, and open. It's just me and you right now. Hold it up. Come on. All over this place. Got it. I got you. Father, in Jesus' name, right here in the month of January, we declare we are closing the chapter on that habit in Jesus' name. I pray for those chains to fall, to be broken off of their life. And from the inside to the outside, I pray deliverance come in Jesus' name. There are people in here that feel like they are a shell of themselves because of the habits that's been bringing them down. They got dreams that are up in the sky, but they have habits that are pulling them down low. Let them be, let they be broken in Jesus' name so we can be your children that are walking in freedom. He the sun says free. It's free indeed. But you just pray that I'm going to walk in your freedom this year. I'm going to experience this this year. That is not who you created me to be. In Jesus' name. Hey, one more second. If you're in here and you go, Marcus, I need to get my relationship right with God. I want you to do that right now. Let's get it right. It's, it's just not right. You're not clo- close to God anymore. Maybe you have never given your life to Jesus. And you, want, you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you right now. Would you raise your hand and let me pray for you? Let's just start the new year out right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, lift them up all over this place. Praise the Lord. That's why you're here right now. I'm going to pray. All of you that raise your hand, pray with me. All you new lifers, pray with me. Jesus, you can have me. Take control of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Today... I put my faith in you. I believe you died for me and you rose again. I repent for living life my own way. I have decided to follow you. Father, I pray for every person that raised their hand to pray in the prayer. They're moving towards you. Put your hand on their life, God.
I pray that you will give them an appetite to be close to you, to be around you. In the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Let's give God a hand. Come on. Praise the Lord. If you need prayer for anything, anything at all, please let us know by visiting us online at newlifechurch.tv or by downloading the NLC app on your smartphone. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message each weekend. Thanks again for listening to New Life Church.